Good morning and welcome to Real Estate Keeping It Simple. Your host, Ray Dove with REMAX Eastside Brokers here in the Bellevue, Seattle, Washington area. This week we're going to talk about steps and processes of home shopping. You as a buyer, you're excited, you've decided that you want to go start looking for your first home or your second home, most definitely your next home. So if you've listened to some of my previous podcasts, there are certain steps to take if you are going to work with and hire a real estate agent to represent you. If you're not and you're going to try to do it on your own, there's certainly some advantages to that and there are some disadvantages to that. So let's pretend for a moment that you're actually met with a real estate agent or two. You've decided that you like one particular agent over the other. I'm hoping that you'll at least get back to the agent that you decided not to work with and let them know that, hey, thanks for your time, much appreciated, but we've decided to work with another realtor at a competing office. There's nothing wrong with sending that information to someone. You know, let's be polite. People have spent time, energy, and effort to meet with you, discuss what you're trying to accomplish, your goals, and your objectives. Hopefully, whomever you chose sat down and explain to you the law of real estate agency, at least in the state of Washington, where it defines who a buyer agent is, what their responsibilities are, versus a seller's agent and what their responsibilities are, and what is a dual agent and how that works for you. In my opinion, it actually works against you. I find it very difficult and very problematic trying to represent both the buyer and the seller. So I want to make the assumption that you've chosen a real estate agent to help you this process. You guys have talked about the homes, the areas, the sizes, the price range that you'd like to look at. You've met with a lender to get pre-approved for financing so you know what your parameters are based upon your income, your down payment, your credit history. So you're ready to go. So you get online, you look at a few properties, you've chosen a website that you like looking at homes on, and keep in mind that one website over another doesn't give you different properties to look at. Once a home goes live on our MLS, meaning that a listing has gone onto the MLS from one of the fellow real estate agents, that home information will appear on every website that's associated with real estate. It'll go on Realtor.com, Homes.com, Zillow.com, and all the real estate companies out there. John L. Scott, Windermere, Remax, Century 21, Redfin. It's available on all sites because it's a courtesy data share from our MLS. So you don't have to bounce around from site to site to site thinking you're going to miss a certain property. So you find a few properties that you like, you send them off to the realtor that you've decided to work with, that you've hired to help you and represent you in your home buying process. Your realtor hopefully will also take that same criteria and put that information on the MLS as a buyer prospect. And by doing so, then whenever something new comes on the market, or if a price has been increased or decreased or homes come back on the market, your agent will be notified. They can look at the property and see if it meets most of your criteria and they they then can forward that information on to you. 
So now you have homes in which to go see. So do you go see them with the real estate agent you've hired? Or do you try to go out and do that on your own? Well, there's a yes and no to both of those. You can certainly go out and look at these homes, drive by them on your own. You have all the information available in terms of where it's located, what they're asking for, and you got some basic criteria about the house, so you can certainly go drive by the home. If they're having a public open house, you're certainly welcome to go out there and look at that public house without your real estate agent. Keep in mind that any agent that's sitting the house open, they're going to try to convince you that you need to be working with them and not with the agent you just agreed to hire. And in most cases, that seller, that open house represents uh, the seller, not you, the buyer. What does that mean? That means that their job is to get the highest, best possible price and terms for the seller not you, the buyer. As a seller's agent, legally they're not supposed to give you any advice if you choose to buy that home. Meaning they can't tell you what to offer, what terms to offer, they cannot give you other property comparables so you can get a basis of what to offer on a price. All they can do is just write up the paperwork with no advice from them to you. Now once they start giving you advice, they enter into a dual agency relationship and they need permission from the seller to agree to do that. So yes, you can go out and look at homes on your own as a buyer, but I think it's best, in your best interest as a buyer, to have your real estate agent go with you, see the properties. And it's not so much, yes, you can walk through the home and see that it has a living room, a dining room, and three bedrooms, and a family room, the fireplace. But your realtor's job is to help you look at the property. And when I say look at the property, like when you're working with me, while you're looking at the bedrooms, the baths, the yard, I'm looking at the roof. I'm looking at the siding. I'm looking at the driveway and the sidewalks. Are they settling? The siding, I'm looking to see what kind of products on the house. Is it hardy plank, which is a concrete composite? Is it OSB siding? Is it EFIS, what we call drive-it siding? What's the roof like? How old does it appear to be? Does it appear to be in good condition? How about the fireplace chases? Where's that fence at on that property line? Where approximately is the water meter? I look at those kind of things to see what additional challenges we might have. And then I'm always on alert trying to find out what the seller's motivation might be and how long it's been on the market so I can give you some advice if you were thinking that this is a home that you would like. The other thing I would caution against these days is when you're in an open house or you're out looking at homes with your real estate agent is look at the home and then once you get outside the home then have a discussion about what you like what you didn't like. So much these days talked about people having Alexa Google Home or recording devices in their homes, well, your private discussion about what we think about the home and the neighborhood and the price should be a discussion between you and your real estate agent, not you, your real estate agent, and eyes and ears in the sky. So just word of caution there. Uh, I haven't run into it too much in all the properties I've shown, but it's a possibility. And why, uh, why not just have that discussion privately with your real estate agent? Now keep in mind, you certainly have the ability to go out and look at homes and even buy a home without a real estate agent. 
in my opinion, as a licensed real estate agent, uh, I don't think it's good advice, but certainly you could do that. Uh, the biggest challenges I have being a real estate agent is that I will work with clients for three, six, nine months, and then they'll walk into an open house, and when they need my advice, my intellectual property, when it counts the most, they end up buying a piece of property without any thought about who that other agent represents, whether they represent the seller or the buyer. And therefore, that agent helps them act on emotion only as opposed to pausing for a moment and seeing what challenges might lie ahead. I mean, if you're buying an older home in Seattle or on the east side that's built in the 60s and 50s, there could be an oil tank still on the property. There could be a septic system. Where is the drain filled? When was the last time it was pumped and inspected if they had a septic tank? Should the sewer lines in a home built in the 40s and 50s be scoped, sewer scoped, so we can make sure that the sewer lines connected to the house properly? I don't know how many times I've run into where it was not. Those are little things that you don't get an opportunity to deal with if you're shopping on your own because you're not going to know, with the exception of learning it now through this podcast, what to ask, how to ask. And what about the building inspection process? Yes, you can have a building inspection. It's highly recommended. But what do you ask for from the seller if you're representing yourself? A good real estate agent representing you is going to represent you and ask for the things that are structural safety in nature and try to get the seller and the seller's agent to understand that these things have to be done. And if the seller doesn't want to do them, then the seller is legally responsible for disclosing that information on an updated seller property disclosure form called the Form 17. So as you can see, there's a lot of different pieces to all this. I read an article in a local paper not too long ago about house hunting risky without a realtor. One of the things it says in here that I chuckle about is that as you as a buyer, you try to buy the home on your own without a realtor, hoping that you're save on the brokerage fee. The seller may try to sell the home without a realtor try to save on the brokerage fee. And the reality is the house is worth what the house is worth. So if it's worth 500, it's worth 500 whether there's a realtor fee involved or not. We as realtors, real estate agents, do not go to our sellers and say, hey, we think your home's worth 500000 and since we think it's worth five we we're going to add on a brokerage fee uh, so that you can get your five hundred. That is not how we analyze properties. We have a variety of different tools that we use to estimate what we think the home might be worth. Yeah, we might look at Zillow and Redfin because they got these algorithms that tell us kind of what the home might be worth, but neither of those algorithms have ever seen the inside of a house or really the neighborhood. They're just taking raw score footage based upon sales in the neighborhood. But that those sales can change from block to block, house to house, depending upon what's been upgraded, what hasn't been upgraded. So as a real estate agent, we sit there, if I'm representing you as a buyer, we see what the seller's asking, and then we'll go back and see what, what the seller paid for it. How long ago did they pay for it? What loans do they have on the property? Then we'll pull up other very similar homes in the area and say, well, based upon this information, I think the home is worth what they're asking, or the home is worth less than what they're asking. And those numbers may be totally different than any pricing algorithm that's sitting out there on Redfin or Zillow or, or a number of other sites that offer that same information. 
but don't think that just because you're doing it without a realtor that somehow you could be able to, to challenge or change or manipulate the outcome of the brokerage fee. You know, it, the, the fee is what the fee is. Yes, as a buyer, you can ask your realtor to work for less, and the realtor has the right to say no or yes. So have that conversation with your real estate agent. The same thing with a seller. When I sit down and talk to a seller, we talk about the brokerage fee. And the seller may say, well, I'd like you to do it at this rate. And I, as a real estate agent, I have the right to say, yes, I will do that, or no, I won't. But at the end of the day, the price of a home is based upon what the sales have been in the area. So there's lots of horror stories working with agents, working by yourself. I say to you as a home buyer, that what you're buying from a real estate agent is their experience and expertise, what things to look for, what questions to ask to protect you as a home buyer. As an example, a fellow realtor that I know of or helped a buyer buy a home in a neighborhood and the seller was happy to tell everyone that they just put on a brand new composition roof. It was the only composition roof in the whole neighborhood. A good real estate agent would notice that, okay, that seems out of sort and would have asked the appropriate questions and made the offer subject to the review and approval of the Homeowners Association rules and regulations and their covenants, conditions, and restrictions. They did not do that. The house sale closed and the Homeowners Association sued the new homeowner who then in turn had to sue the old homeowner because the roof was not approved that they put on the home. They put on a composition roof, and the neighborhood CCNRs clearly stated that all roofs in the neighborhood had to be cedar shake. It's those kind of nuances that a good real estate agent working for their buyer will see those things and say, hey, let's pause for a second. Let's make sure we put this in your buyer contract to protect you so that we don't have any issues during the escrow process or certainly after closing because that's not the call I want after closing call I want after closing is, hey, Ray, a friend of ours is looking to buy a house. We'd like them to meet you because what you did and shared with us and helped coach us through, very valuable, and we'd like our friends to be represented the same way. I know I can't really dive into every little thing here. Again, I'll put it out there. Sit down with your real estate agent. Chat with them about the systems and processes and how they approach things. If you want to talk to me, I'd love to chat with you and give you more of my philosophy of how I represent buyers. You know, with regards to all the different issues, you know, I know as a salesperson, I can convince you to buy a pair of shoes the moment I see you. But I'm not going to convince you to buy a house you don't want. My job really is to help you buy the home that you end up deciding you want to buy and making sure that all the pieces are there that you understand all the challenges that are there, whether it's roofing, whether it's siding, whether it's sewer, septic, inspection process. I'm not afraid to say to you, my buyer, hey, look, there's too many challenges here. The seller's not willing to move off of these issues. I think we should go find and buy another house. I'm looking after you, not me. I want you to get a home that you could be happy with. It's not to say that the home is going to have some challenges down the road because we have to maintain homes once we own them. But at least you'll be aware of the things that you need to address moving forward as opposed to being surprised after you move in.
So with that said, that's the end of my podcast this week. I think next week we're going to talk a little bit to the sellers, the steps of listing a home, and I might even throw in there staging a home. Does it really help versus leaving it vacant? Have a great week. Hopefully this podcast today was informative. Reach out to me with any questions. You can reach me at raydoveremax at gmail.com. Have a great week. And if you have any suggestions or any questions, you can also email me at that same, same email address. This is Ray Dove, Remax Eastside Brokers, Inc. Thanks for listening.